It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Late Lunch on this historic day for the Northeast as we await the arrival of the President of the United States of America, Joe Biden. I'm watching him here on the TV screens in studio. He's still in Belfast there and he's mingling with the local politicians. I hope he's just saying to them, will you just get back to work in the name of God? I presume he is. They all want selfies and pictures with him. The same as anybody would indeed. Anyway, there's going to be a great opportunity this afternoon in Dundalk when he goes walkabout and of course in Carlingford when he visits uh, the place of his relatives there. But we begin the show today with a relative of Joe Biden's. Yes, she's the principal of Gale School Dundalgan. Anne Gwynn, hello. Hello Jerry. good afternoon. Are you excited and delighted and can't wait? Absolutely. It's, it's a wonderful opportunity. We've met him, we met him in 2016 but we never thought we'd get to welcome him back as president, a 46th president of the USA. Oh, it's wonderful. Just explain to our listeners your relationship with the President. He's a fifth cousin, we believe. Um, We share a common ancestor uh, in Mary Carney, who married a Finnegan in 1813. And that's as far as it's been traced for us. Um, When he was uh, elected vice president in 2008, I remember my father saying at that stage, you know, we're related to Joe Biden. And I didn't think much more of it. But then in advance of Joe's visit to Ireland in 2016, he had a genealogist do up his family tree. And she contacted me at that time. That was Fiona Fitzsimons. And she contacted me to tell me that, yes, they had found the link and that it was bona fide and real. So, yes, uh, obviously there was knowledge of it in the family, but um, it was confirmed then for us in 2015. Isn't that a lovely story? Yeah. That you, yeah. know, you know, it was known, but, you know, mm. you needed the actual verification to say, yeah. it is actually real. We are related. We do go back a distance. You met him last time, as you mentioned. What's he like? He's extremely down to earth. You know, there's a lot of protocol around the office of the vice president, as he was at the time. You know, there's a lot of security and protocol, people saying, you know, greet him as Mr. President and that kind of thing. But when he came into the room, he said, just call me Joe. And he really was like that Um, had something to say to everybody. Um, You just felt that you were in the presence of somebody who had done this all his life, a consummate politician and a really nice 
person to boot, somebody you would never forget that you met. Mm, and I can see, I'm just watching him, as I said, here on the TV in Belfast. My God, uh, I have to say, Anne, look at the security around him. I'm just watching the guys, watching everybody. Yeah. He, you know, it's, it's, it's not easy for him. I know he's been himself with everybody again there. But God, that detail, all those people who are with him, minding him. Yes, yes. It, it's, it's, you you know, I, uh, you wouldn't want to think too much about that kind mm, of thing. Mm. But he kind of transcends all of that because he, the person isn't about that. He wants to meet people. He loves meeting new people and making the connections and telling a little bit. He gives a lot of himself when he visits in this way. And, you know, he has some little story for everybody, age appropriate, you know, in the terms of, you know, if he meets a child, he said, I remember when I was your age or, you know, he makes things very relevant to whoever he's speaking to uh, and really has that gift. What about his family connection? And you've been close to him and talking to him, as you mentioned last time. What does it mean to him? Does it come across how much it means to him, his Irish roots? It absolutely does. It's most important to him to uh, be on the ground where his forefathers and foreparents came from. That's very important to him. It, it, prob- it is to us all. Mm. But I suppose to come to a county that he knows and to come to the area where he knows his ancestors came from is very important to him. And it's not put on. It's, it's that really in him. And I'm just looking at him from person to person, his smile, his greeting, his engagement. He's very engaging, isn't he? Very engaging. That is one of the words I would choose to describe him, absolutely. Now, you're meeting him later on. What's the story? I I believe you're having a bite to eat with him. Where's that going to happen? It's happening. I don't know whether I'm supposed to say or not, but it's happening in the winter. Uh, later on at uh, around half five we've been told to be there for half five in the winter and we will be and uh, there will be security checks and all of that Um, but you know that's all fine and we're looking forward to it very much Imagine sitting down to have grub with the President of the United (laughs) States Anne Quinn go out of that will you? I know this is great but as I say he won't he doesn't stand on ceremony at all and you just feel like you're sitting with family that's mm. just it. That's all I can say, really. He's he's just a family person and loves the interaction with people. And it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be very, very momentous, I must say. I'm just thinking of him like, look, at the man flew across the Atlantic last night. He's uh, been in Belfast late last evening, you know, mm. talking to people as well. Obviously got a few hours sleep. He's up again this morning, making a major yes. speech up there. Look at him now. Comes to Dublin from Belfast then up to loud, you know, carling for Dundalk. Mm. And it's all go, isn't it? It's all go. And he's, he's a wonderful constitution. But he's a very athletic-looking person when you see him in person. You know, he's slim and athletic-looking and certainly, uh, obviously, is well fit for the job. Mm. He's a dapper dresser too, isn't he? I always Absolutely. love the way he dresses. Mm. He's very neat and tidy, I have to say. And that brings me to you. Anything special going on with the goona or whatever you're doing of the hair or the stuff? You know what I'm talking about? Uh, oh, look, we'll, we'll put the best foot forward, certainly. <laughs> um, you know, like, as I say, we're not, I'm not going to overstress about that kind of thing, but uh, we'll just be glad to meet him and we'll certainly put the best foot forward, as I say. Do you know when you're in this company and others are, is there, you know, that little butterfly thing in the stomach, a little tingle that you get when you feel, God, I, I, look, he's here, I'm beside him, he's talking to me. You know, know that feeling you, that you get with yeah. the presence of great people. 
Yeah, absolutely. But as I say, he's he's eyeball to eyeball. He's not uh, a person you would feel intimidated by in any way. He himself is very personable and, as you say, very engaged and engaging. And it's an over and back conversation. It's not just that he's speaking. You know, he wants to hear what you yeah. have to say as well. And he puts everybody at their ease. No doubt about that. And it is up a level from the vice presidency, no matter what you say, when he came last time, yeah. you know what I mean? He's the main man now, he's the number one, yeah. it's on a different level entirely. But you know what, wasn't he good to his word? Because I think he did talk last time, didn't he, about saying, I'll be back. He did, he said he'd be back. Now, many people asked him at the time and he hadn't declared whether he was going to run for president at that time. And I think the feeling was that he wouldn't, but... Um, he did promise at the time that he would come back and, and he is. He's back. Mm. And it's wonderful. Yeah. And when you think of the... Like, he's here on this very special visit and the the weight on his shoulders in the world today with all that's going on, you know, and he has to carry that too and he's mm. dealing with that on another level. It's it's a, it's it's a huge challenge for any one man. It is, and it's, but he wears it lightly. Mm. Today, especially when he comes to County Loud, that's a personal visit. It's family... It's not about politics. Um, so he can park all those troubles for the time he's here and just enjoy meeting people who are very much looking forward to meeting him. So Carlingford, Carlingford first stop and then into Dundalk for the into walkabout. Dundalk. And yeah. Anne Quinn and co are sitting down with Joe Biden to break bread this evening. <laughs> Isn't it wonderful? Oh, it's it is. Great. It's wonderful. It's yeah, great, we're so looking forward to it. I'm really sure you are. And you're very good because I know it's a busy day for you today. Thank you so much for taking time to join us on LMFM Radio's Late Lunch. And look, at if you wouldn't mind, maybe tomorrow we'd have a, we'd have a, a, a what would you call, a, a post-mortem of what happened, Is that if that's okay? Absolutely fine, Jerry. I'd be delighted. Lovely, Anne. You're so good. Thank you so much for joining us. Enjoy the evening. Will do. Go to my good slan. Go to my good slan. Anne Quinn there, principal of Gale School, Dundalgan, related to Joe Biden. Go to sit down on this evening for dinner. Oh, it's wonderful. And uh, yes, it won't be long now till he arrives in County Louth. And I know the excitement is building all round, especially in the Carlingford and Dundalk areas as well. And we'll keep you posted through the next couple of hours if we have any updates or news. But I'm just watching him here live on TV. He's still uh, completing his engagements there in Belfast. And I say it again. Look at the security guys round up. Oh, my God. And I see young Kennedy there. Wouldn't you know a Kennedy anywhere? You would. There's one of the Kennedys travelling with him. And he's the image of the Kennedy family. Could we ever see a Kennedy in the White House again? Well, who knows? Who knows? Late lunch, LMFM radio. Short break. And afterwards, there's another man back in town today. Yes? Very, very popular in Dundalk. Father Michael Cusack is with us next. So when I heard about all the road closures and security and everything happening up around Dundalk, I was convinced it was for my next guest. He is loved in the town. Father Michael Cusack, hello again. Hello, Jerry. I very much doubt to be closing the road for me now. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe to stop me getting back. <laughs> Once of Dundalk, now in Luxembourg and back home in Ireland for a few days break. Michael, I, I have to mention to begin with, I know you're in Galway, your home county, and uh, we have to mention Lucas Joyce from Anna Down and Kirsty Bowen from Headford, both 14 years of age, who lost their lives tragically on the N84 Galway Castle Bar Road in the early hours of Monday morning. That's close to home for you, isn't it? Well, it's not, it's close to where my mother lives, so with my sister Claire. Claire's married to, to Joe, and they're from Black Rock. 
and they live in Ballyfruit, which is right on their road, and Kirsty would have been a neighbour of theirs. So my sister was telling me this morning she was down uh, at, the, at the wake yesterday and how heartbreaking it is. And indeed for all of the families there, you know, I mean, what do you, what do you say with 13 and 14 year olds out at, at that hour, you know, and then losing their lives is so, so, so futile and so difficult. No words can, can support them at all, really, apart from our prayers, you know, to hope mm. that the, the parents and the, and the families and the two indeed who are in the hospital, that they make some sort of a recovery, you know, but it's a life sentence really for them. It really, really is shocking, sad indeed, and uh, a real irony that you're in that uh, part of the world today. Well, 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 um, Luxembourg you are now. Look, at it's a quite a different dynamic to St. Joseph's uh, in Dundalk, for sure. You don't have a church. No, I don't have a church at the moment. We, ha- I am in a monastery there, um, a redemptorist monastery, but the church has been closed. Uh, for renovation and it's the state that are doing the renovation so when you come under anything that's to do with the state there it can be it can be open-ended so we don't know at the moment there are archaeologists in trying to discover are there any city walls under the church you know it's it's a very old building and uh, that always has to take place first so it meant that we were displaced and our grouping you know of the english-speaking catholics would be over a thousand people in number we spent uh, two weekends in, in an Irish pub, uh, thanks to, to Vinny and Adrian. And Adrian, indeed, is, is her sister's up there somewhere near you, Barbara McMahon, uh, the formerly of RTE. Yes. So, yeah, Barbara's sister, Adrian, has, has a lovely uh, pub, the Irish pub called Lux Air, Lux, Air Lux in Hovalt in, in Luxembourg. So they thankfully opened their doors to me and to our community and we managed at Mass there for two weekends and, and then I think that was enough to shame the diocese and to try and find a <laughs> place for it. I have so. to ask you, did you turn the water into wine? Well, I was tempted, but on the last day we actually, we really uh, uh, opened the bar. They're usually closed on a Sunday, so we decided since it was our final day that we'd have the bar afterwards and we had a lovely, a lovely celebration <laughs> yes. really. Yeah. You know, it was like... Uh, uh, we had, the community had their mass and then the couple that wanted the pint of Guinness got the pint of Guinness and a bite to eat and it was lovely it was really a very nice very, so we're now. very unusual place to you know to uh, celebrate a mass but listen uh, needs being well done to everyone to facilitate who facilitated you besides uh, and what do you do I'm just thinking about the Easter ceremonies what did you do for, for those well, for the Easter ceremonies, we're, I'm in three churches now. So we have one quite big church in, in Bel Air, um, Pius X. And uh, we just had to move in after the, the local parish of Bel Air had finished. Uh, so we were sort of stood outside. There was the parting of the, of the crowds as they left. And then we went in and we did the whole Easter vigil again there. Um, the, the oldest church in Luxembourg is, is in the city centre. It's the Église Saint-Michel. And... Uh, there we had the blessing of the baskets for the Eastern Europeans and we had the, the Good Friday celebration there. That church would hold about, you know, 300 people. So mm. it, it's a, a fine size and it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful little uh, church. And uh, then back just, it's, it, at the moment it's like, it's like as if you're on holidays going in and out of hotels each time because you yes. have to bring everything with you and bring everything out. We, we have no storage, we have no place to call our own and it looks like that could last up to six years, so I don't know what I'll be like by the end of it. Oh, I've Michael. forgotten my name, yeah. Yeah, like, you're, you're wandering. You really are wanderers at the moment and can't put your uh, roots down anywhere. God, that's a long time frame ahead, isn't it? Six years, too. Yeah, it is. Mm. But, you know, um, there's a part of it then that's lovely because, in a way, 
you know, redemptorists were always meant to be missionaries. So we're mm. certainly missionary within Luxembourg. And I think because we're the biggest group of worshipping Catholics there, and the Luxembourg reality is sort of sad and old, very, very sort of right-wing and old-fashioned, this is a very vibrant group. And the local community, let's say in Bel Air, are having a new experience and they're joining us. So our numbers are growing all the time. And uh, yes, there's something... There's something good about it too, but it's, it, you know, to do your head in at my age now. <laughs> ah, but I say no better man to cope. What about Luxembourg and being there and your parish and uh, your parishioners? You know, when you think of Dundalk, all the years you spent there, is it a different dynamic or is it just the same the world over? Oh, it's very, it's very different in, in so many ways in that it's a, it's a very multicultural place. I know Dundalk is, but you wouldn't have as many nationalities coming together as we would guess there. Uh, a lot of very great young Irish people in, in Luxembourg uh, to do with the with the courts of justice and the European Parliament translators and they're they're great for you know for for gathering and for coming to church and um, there's also I, I just find that it's a very fair place to live. There's very little judgment now. You need you do need money to live in Luxembourg because it's a very wealthy estate and. Uh, uh, albeit that all the transport is free in it, you know, that, that to, to try and have an, an accommodation or a place that you can stay in will cost a lot of money. Like for me now, obviously, that's I have the monastery, so that's fine. But a young Irish guy I met uh, not that long ago, uh, Jamie, he was just coming over as a translator. And a lot of them end up going to Germany, which is just over, you know, 30 minutes away. Mm. And they'll have cheaper accommodation there. But the, the, I think because so many are expats, you know, you have uh, you have a great sense of togetherness and a great it's a it's a lovely life, Jerry. By God, you wouldn't swap it. Uh, except for if we could change the weather a little bit because it's a very grey winter and a very grey. Well, uh, looking out my window now, <laughs> it probably was better when I was leaving it. But um, it can be very grey and dull. But but uh, the, the 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 fun element of in it is great. There's a great sense of community. Um, I have wonderful friends across all religions and all nationalities and all genders. There's, there seems to be no, there seems to be no dividing lines. You know, yeah. everybody is there together, and we just get on with life in a way. It's a microcosm for what the world could be, I suppose. Yeah, and that's uh, that's good to hear. I, I think you're uh, a little bit offbeat on the weather because we'd swap with anyone in the world at the minute. Since last October in this country, Michael, it's just rained and rained and rained and we want an end to it. Will you say a few prayers at the next Mass that the man above will either put a roof on the country or send us a bit of warm weather and sunshine? Yeah, definitely, I know. I know it's very, very hard. <laughs> it, is, it is when it's like this that. morning now when I woke up here in Galway, it was a lovely scene like it was going to be a great day because the rain's in mm. dark skies wind is in again and oh it's been yeah. incessant so it has look in, in a general sense with the church and we've talked many times over the year about the ins and outs the ups and downs I was in Rome myself recently and I have to say the week before the uh, the week before the run into the Easter ceremonies but what struck me Michael was you know they talk about faith and the, the lack of faith and the loss of it the amount of people who were there, and I have to say, of a younger age and all nationalities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. But, you know, I mean, we can't shy away from the reality of, of uh, uh, really, of Western Europe, because Western Europe has been a huge decline. Yes. And I suppose we can comfort ourselves all we like, like I can. In, in, in Luxembourg, I can say, oh, my God, it's great to see so many young professionals 
coming to church. But then again, they're they're a group uh, who who probably in their own home places were going to church. And there's been such I don't know uh, as I analyse it, like uh, over where I am, I think you know it has been very very difficult in Ireland because of all the terrible scandals, the terrible way they were handled. Uh, all of that history has been so negative. I mean, mm. I'm the last one. I, I'd be the last one to say that that it's not. It's absolutely true, and it's absolutely horrid. And uh, it's been very hard for any family and for even indeed for any young young person to say that they want to be part of uh, of a group that that have that in in their recent history or not so distant history. Yes. And um, I, I, yeah, look, at, I, I find that all very upsetting in ways. It doesn't, it's not the narrative in, in, in Luxembourg now, which surprises me in a way, but it is, It is. of course, you're hearing of it in, in Germany, you're hearing of yes. it in Holland, you're hearing of it in Portugal, with World Youth Day coming up in, in Portugal now. They already had the reports in France recently as well. Similar cases, you know, and I, I, I don't like, I'd be the first one to say I don't like to be focusing on, on the stories of abuse, but, I mean, the reality of it is that that's there. And I think the shame is that the Christian message, which is so wonderful, uh, it, it gets sidelined in some mm. ways. And I think that's what my Christ, my Easter message was, like really uh, to say, you know, okay, the church has, has got things very badly wrong. And you wonder, how did we go from, from this last supper in a simple room 2,000 years ago to all the complexities and all the the screwed up things that have happened in church, it's 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 a shocking it's a shocking gap. Mm. And yet the heart of it is still the same for me because I think what holds these people together um, in in our community is that they believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and in the message of a bit like listening to Joe Biden now in, in Belfast. He's talking about you know look at what is positive and what are possibilities and the hope that is there in that message. There's absolutely nothing in the Christian message that isn't hopeful. It's yeah. absolutely hopeful. And, you know, think of those four families now in Galway uh, trying to deal. What, what can anyone do for them? They can't bring their children back. They can't change the circumstances. Uh, the sorrow, the heartbreak, that's going to be there. But maybe, maybe there's a light of hope that they will be one day reunited with the, with their child because of the death of Christ or because of the Christian yes. message. Yeah. You know, that, that might sound a little bit no. preachy, but I think that's where it's at. Yes. For people in their daily lives who are struggling, that's exactly what they're saying. You know, what the hell can people in Hedford do today? Yeah, exactly, um, exactly, Michael. You know, you're, you you're, you're so on message there. You really are. Anyway, look, the old clock has beaten us here as usual. Great to talk to you. Always love talking to you. Enjoy your trip home and uh, good wishes to you when you return to Luxembourg and keep in touch with us. Thanks, Joe. And look, it opened those roads again. It's fine to let the people in, okay? <laughs> okay, Michael. We okay, hear everyone. you. God bless Bye-bye. you. Take care. Bye-bye. Michael Cusack there on your late lunch. My next guest on late lunch today was the youngest player ever to take part in a World Cup finals in 1982. The youngest to score for the Manchester United first team. The youngest to score in both the league and FA Cup finals. 68 goals and 278 appearances for Manchester United before moving to Everton where injury, unfortunately, forced him to retire all too soon at the age of 26. Norman Whiteside, I'm delighted to have you on my show. <laughs> Hello, good to be on here, mate. Um, someone once said to me before, <laughs> um, 
Oh, you must have been some player. I said, no, I was just young. (laughs) (laughs) No, you were some player. And I'll tell you this, that goal you scored an extra time when United were down to 10 men against Everton to win the Cup. God, what a wonderful goal. I suppose you never tire of people saying that to you, do you? Oh, no, it's, I mean, it's a nice little thing to... Um, I mean, I'll do a Roy Keane and just say I was only doing my job. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's something people don't forget me at over the years. And, it's. I mean, I wish I had a quid for every time I've seen it mm. replayed, you know. Mm. But, um, yeah, it's nice. When you're a kid growing up in Belfast, in the back streets there, kicking the ball against the gable wall, I mean, I was we chalked the gable wall, and every time I hit the ball against the wall, I was scoring a winning goal at Wembley, and I was just lucky that I went and got scored the three Wembley finals and got the winner in '85 against Everton, who, who at the time, to be fair, were probably the best team in the um, the country because they'd already won the league and the European Cup winners' cup. So yeah, it's a lovely, lovely moment. And youngest as well, when you think of the great Duncan Edwards back in 1953, you know, from that time till when you made your debut, you know what I mean? When you mention his name in the context of being the youngest, like it really does add tremendous kudos to you as well and how how great you were. Well, I was just around at the right time. I always say about, you know, it's great to be mentioned alongside people like Duncan and even George Best for that matter Mm. because... Coming from Belfast and, and being like George, um, you know, being mentioned in the same breath is like, you know, it's quite embarrassing, really, because, um, you know, there's only one George Best. And, and I remember when I was young and scored a few decent goals and they were all saying, oh, the second George Best. And I just nailed it on the head right there. And look, I would rather be Norman Whiteside than the second George Best. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Um, I sort of nipped it in the bud there and then. So. <laughs> now, at United, Big Ron. Big Ron Atkinson was the man when you were there playing your trade. Um, I had the pleasure of meeting him actually a couple of times when he was over here in Ireland as well. He was big character, wasn't he? Huge character. Was he Was he strict? Was he, was he tough on you? Or they say he was a bit laissez-faire, a bit too soft. No, I don't think so. Um, I mean, it could be it could be a bit strict as well. Um, but you know, the difference people ask me about him and Fergie, and you know, Big Ron had a more carefree attitude, like we're Manchester United, let them worry about us type of thing. Where like Fergie would was very detailed and would like have a meeting to tell you when the next meeting was, so to speak. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and the, um, he he would know when the right back started to tire after seventy one minutes and. He knew all the detailed stuff. Um, Big Rom was more curve-free, and that would be the two differences uh, for the manage, both managers. You know, you've heard this in the past. I'm sure you get it at these roadshows, and we're going to tell people what, what you're coming to the North East shortly yourself. And, of course, Mr Brian Robson and Lee Sharp, Man United legends. That's uh, going to happen on May the 8th, and I'll tell you more about that in a moment. But, you know, I'm sure you get these questions from the audience all the time about, you know, this thing about the culture that was at United and, and Ferguson changed it. What do you, How do you respond to that? What do you say? Well, the, the one thing when they were talking about, like, the drinking culture, and they always mentioned... Robson Whiteside and McGrath. And, um, you know, I remember this little um, thing that the year 87, I think it was, and um, the press were hounding us three, and we were being followed everywhere around Manchester, and all the things were getting back to um, Sir Alex, or Alex Ferguson, as it was then. And all the stories were getting back that we'd been seen out and everything else. But around about this time, 
we used to go to Paddy's pub, Paddy Clarence pub, on a, on a Sunday, and we'd have a good old session, to be honest. But um, you know, there were fellows everywhere. And right about this time, it was the um, English League um, eleven against the rest of the world at Wembley, and they represented the English League against the rest of the world at Wembley. Robson Whiteside and McGrath, and I and what happened there? We beat them three 0 Robson scored two. Whiteside scored one. McGrath got man of the match. So Paddy Guinness was bloody good. That's all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> but when you talk about that, Norman, I, I wonder. Look at today. Let's like. There's been a lot of water under the bridge since you were there. Of course, Ferguson's record unbelievable. What he did when he left. Well, United are still trying to find the man to actually uh, get back to those winning, winning days. When you look at today's regimes at Man City and Arsenal and you know the other big clubs. Would you struggle with it? Would McGrath, would yourself, would Robson, would you struggle to fit in? No, no, you just adapt, don't you? I mean, good players adapt. Um, and that's why sometimes when, when you buy a, a high-profile player, he should be able to adapt. And that's why you're buying him, because he's, he has that capability of changing, you know, like, like Holland, for instance, you know. You buy him and he just fit in straight away. Um, so the manager, I suppose, really, the manager and the scouting system and the coaching staff have probably got to do their homework first, depending on who they're going to buy to see if they actually mm. do. Because there's been lots of people, and even on the Sorelics, there's been lots of failures um, at Old Trafford over the years. But we've had some magnificent players also. You mentioned Haaland. I watched him last night again. He's just... Uh, he's unbelievable, this fella. He really, really is. He's one of the greatest goal scorers, even already with Man City, in a short space of time, I think, that people have ever witnessed in the game in England. Um, the oh, noisy yeah. the noisy neighbours are getting noisier, Norman. <laughs> well, he is, anyway. He's 40-odd goals, is it? Or 45 or yes. something? Um, and, and he's cracking on. So, I mean, fair play to him. He's breaking records all over the place. And when you see him coming on the bed, I mean, he's got he's got most things about him. I mean, he's big, he's strong, he can head, he can both feet. He's fast for a big fella. Um, so he's got most most of the criteria to be a top player. Is he he's the... certainly showing that, isn't he, with so many hot tricks and so many goals. So he's had breaking records already, so fair play to him. Is he the final piece of the jigsaw that will take City on to win the Champions League or the European Cup, as it was known? Um, I don't know. Um, I don't mind if City. I don't know. We're not in it, obviously. We've got our own um, Europa thing. But, um, you know, I don't mind if City go on and and, um, win the Cup. I mean, it probably, if anything, it'll be good for um, Manchester. But but you wouldn't hear the end of it, I suppose. (laughs) (laughs) um, Alan, he'll he'll be doing his utmost to get them there. And they've got a good start, haven't they? Yeah, they they have. They've got a good chance, haven't they? Norman, don't hang up on me. I'm an Arsenal fan for my sins since I was in Nipper. Please, Norman, have the... No, they can't win the league. City are going to win the league, aren't they? How many? How many of you are are there over there? <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's gonna. I think it's gonna be very close. Do you? City have City have been there before, and they they've got the, you know, they've got the the know how, if you like. But um, no, it's but that's definitely those two teams, isn't it? So mm. it's just whether Arsenal can hold their 
you know, um, hold their their nerve and then see what the um, city. Well, there's no doubt City are going to be on their toes anyway, so yeah. it'll be a close one, I think. Well, you give me some hope anyway. I'm, uh, you know, when you follow Arsenal, you have to look on the dark side. Yeah. Never mind being uh, positive. It, it's very difficult to be. I have to say. To what? be fair, though, they were trying to get him out of last year, yeah. weren't they? Yeah. Mm. And he's turned it around, fair play to him. Yeah. He, has, he has indeed. What about Ten Hag? Are, are you confident that he's the man? Yeah, but again, I mean, I was getting a wee bit fed up, like seeing our managers come and go and like City used to do. Um, so it's given this guy a little bit of support, a little bit of, you know, time. I mean, let's not forget Sir Alex. He had three full years before he, mm. you know, hadn't won a trophy. And they were calling for his head a little bit. And then once he got his first one, things changed. So you've got to give managers time these days. But And I think it's with all the foreign um, foreign owners and stuff. They want success yesterday. They don't want it today. You know what I mean? So I think you've got to give this manager a bit of time. I think he's got a work in progress. I think he's, he, he knows where he wants to be. I think he'll, um, you know, next couple of windows, if he can get the players that he wants, then, you know, he can only improve. Yeah, and he has a trophy under his belt already. What about the ownership? The Glazers appear to be selling. There's a Middle East interest. There's a UK interest. There's others in the States as well. Have you any preference there? No, I've I've stayed clear of all that. Honestly, I don't I don't know what's going on um, up in the boardroom there. Um, I just um, I, I've this is my twenty eighth year. I've been doing the corporate hospitality at Old Trafford, so I have a good old time doing that. But. Um, and then I get to watch all the games so um, that's what I'm interested in I don't know what happens upstairs in the boardroom so leave that to them That'll take care of itself What do you make of VAR while I have you with me? What's your impression of it now say in the second season what do you think of it? The which? The VAR, V-A-R the video referee Well, I've got a clear answer on this the only I wouldn't use it for all the um penalty box areas and stuff. I've used it for one simple thing. Is the ball over the line or not? That mm. is all. Mm. And then it's a goal or it isn't a goal. But all this pushing in the box and, you know, all this um, if, you know, you're pulling shirts and offside by a big toenail, you know, I mean, it's you know, referees make mistakes just as much as footballers do. So I just don't think it should be for all the offside stuff and, you know, all that. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com.
um, outside of the box. I just think it should be a goal if it crosses the goal line, and it's not. And if the camera can do, um, if the camera can pick up on that, that's what I would use it for. That is the only reason I would use it. I couldn't agree with you more in terms of the toenail. I might use it for the offside, but maybe, uh, Norman. But uh, look, that other stuff and everything, yeah, it just wreck your head. And when you see the mistakes, look at the mistakes that were made last week in the Brighton-Tottenham game. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, there's always going to be um, the pulling of shirts and, and holding people by the, by the arm. And there's going to be... You have to try and... <laughs> find space in the box it's only it's only so big isn't it but mm. um yeah I, I you know i don't agree with all that and and especially the handball thing yeah um you know the handball if it was me i'd be kicking it towards his arm every time you know what i mean mm. just, you can't get your arm out of the way all the time so no. i don't agree with that either so there you go uh, as an aside president joe biden is here with us this afternoon in this very neck of the woods didn't you meet was it Jimmy Carter, as a as a young lad, yeah, did you go to the White House? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the Oval Office there, but um, yeah, with, um, with um, um, what do you call him, Jimmy Carter? Yeah, nineteen seventy eight, the peanut farmer. Yeah, I've just been watching um, the the, pre- the president. Um, he's just leaving Belfast. Yes. He's going down. Yeah, he's with you later, isn't he? Yeah. He is. He is with us later. No, that's it. I just I remember that that you did when you were a young lad. Uh, you were in the day. Wow, you were in the Oval Office in the White House, with Mr. Carter. I, I, indeed. So there you go. Anyway, I was more interested. I was more interested in keep it, playing keepy uppy in the garden and talking <laughs> to the president. <laughs> Looking out the Oval Office, what's that kid out there? God, he's not bad, is he? He's not bad. He's bloody brilliant, I have to say. Anyway, you're coming to town. I have to tell listeners that yourself, the wonderful Captain Fantastic Brian Robson and Mr Lee Sharp, the Man United legend show rolls into town, Drogheda, Monday, May the 8th at the TLT Theatre in Drogheda. And tickets are available, VIP packages as well. I presume they'll get to ask you questions and shake your hand and have the pictures taken with you all with the VIP stuff, Norman. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, 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 oh, they're always good little nights. Huh? We, we've done loads of... Um these nights and you know we have a good laugh we have a bit of crack and we have a bit of banter and and to be fair I mean I've not been down your neck of the woods that often myself and certainly mm. Robbo wouldn't have um, and Lee Sharp he, he resides over in Sharpie's a bit of a golfer now he's a pro golfer now oh. and he lives over in he lives in Spain somewhere I think it's Alicante or somewhere um, so he's coming over so it'll be Robbo Sparky or Sharpie and myself and we'll have a good old night and you can shoot questions up from the audience and the boys will take them from you and you'll hear stories that you never heard before that we couldn't talk about on radio either today I have to say they're keeping them for the night on the 8th of May in the TLT theatre the tickets are available from the TLT website or the box office by calling 041 987 8560 a night not to be missed with these legends of Manchester United listen you're fantastic love chat to you today. Good luck with all you do and we're looking forward to welcoming you to Drogheda on Monday the 8th of May Norman. Fantastic the day after my birthday. What about Ah, you got to bring a cake somebody and candles <laughs> and sing happy birthday to him. Are you listening everybody? you got to do that on the day. Norman, you're a great one. Loved watching you. Wonderful all talent. Best, great man. man. Thank you. All the best.
Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. The wonderful Norman Whiteside there. Man United fans and others remember him so well. What a talent he was. An injury ended his career all too soon. It really did at 26 years of age. Anyway, Monday the 8th of May, the TLT Theatre in Drogheda for one night only. Robson, Sharp and Whiteside and it will be Sharp all round. Tickets available from the TLT website. That's the TLT website or from the box office. 041 98 78 560. Check it out. Late Lunch LMFM Radio back in a moment. Robert Miles. And children on your late lunch this afternoon. And there's a fella called Miles after getting onto us there in WhatsApp. He says, love it back in time. I don't know what his name is, Miles. Anyway, dancing in the disco. Love it. Thinking back to those times, Jerry says a listener to me this afternoon. Don't forget the numbers to get in touch with 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. There's a text. Jerry, I'm honoured to know that when... The President of America, Joe Biden, walks down Clambrassel Street in Dundalk this evening that he will be walking in my footsteps. And that comes in from Dundalk listener. Good on you. Indeed he is. Louise, did you see this story, this wee story? I have to mention it to you today. Welcome back, by the way. Thank you. You had a nice Easter, yes? I had a lovely Easter. Too many Easter eggs, I'm sure. <laughs> Same as everybody else in the country. I'm sure you'll burn a hole in the treadmill now. No need to enjoy the chocolate. It's lovely. Anyway, did you see this wee story? Michael Jordan, you know the basketball player? Mm-hmm. A pair of his trainers that he wore and signed made a record. Sold for? $2.2 million for a pair of trainers, Louise. Oh, that's ridiculous. £1.7 million, £1.95 million. Euros. The signed sneakers. Sotheby's, who bought them, did I say? Well, Sotheby's reckoned they'd fetch maybe £2 million. They went over the $2 million, so they did. That Among the most expensive Jordan items ever auctioned. Ever, ever. A jersey he wore in 1998 sold uh, in 2022 for 10.1 million. That was a jersey, right? Um, it doesn't say who actually bought it. The previous record for his shoes was $1.47 million for a pair of his Nike airships. My God almighty. <sighs> shoes. There's people have money Nobody to buy. An athlete's foot. <laughs> Seriously though, would you, I know they don't wouldn't wear them. If they bought they them for a museum, but like imagine. See, there's money they when you think loads of it. Bacon too. Into them. <laughs> no, his feet never. No, no, he had lovely feet, so he had. He never, and know? he changed his socks every game. <laughs> just guessing. I'm just guessing. I don't know at all. No crusty feet. <laughs> no, no, no crusty toes <laughs> like yours truly. As she keeps telling me, keep your crusty feet in your shoes. There. Anyway, there you go. The children there's, listening. There. <laughs> We're not going to post it on social media. You're all right. You're all right. Anyway, up next in the show, there's a lot of sadness, isn't there, Louise, with our next story? There really is. Because the Crafty Fox, a wonderful, wonderful shop in the heart of Drogheda, is closing. Jackie Jaliff joins us next. Tempest Fugit for sure when I think of my next guest and the Crafty Fox. Twelve years ago they opened and I remember paying a visit when they were on Shop Street in Drogheda. They subsequently moved to lovely Lawrence Street and they are so popular. They have a wonderful business and recently at the uh, Local Enterprise Awards in County Loud during Local Enterprise Week, they won the Sustainability Awards. So it came as a big shock to myself and many others when the news uh, broke that Crafty Fox was closing its doors. Jackie Jaliff is on the line. Hi, Jackie. 
Hello, Jerry. How are you? I'm really good. Oh, you took me by surprise when I heard the news. What's the story, Jackie? Oh, Jerry, it was now a, a very big decision. We we didn't make it overnight. Um, and unfortunately, yes, we are closing. I suppose really there's probably, you know, a multitude of reasons. It's not just one. But um, partly it's personal reasons. Um, well, we're not getting any younger fans. <laughs> like, like any independent um, store owner will tell you, is is so, so much work. And, and we, we're here in the evenings as well as during the day for classes. Um, mm. And Keith and I probably are our own worst enemies in some ways because we're perfectionists and we always want to do everything to the best of our ability and, and make the shop and the crafty fox the best it can be. And that in itself takes a toll um, after, you know, 12 years. And um, so I suppose we we did think long and hard about it. And for personal reasons, as I said, my our family, our children live in France and um, Pete's family are in the UK and you know, so that was, that was a big thing because we want to be able to sort of visit and um, have holidays and visit his elderly mom. And really, um, it's not easy to just pack up and go when you own a business. So that was part of the reason. And I suppose, too, there are, um, you know, things in business that are difficult and you, you feel a responsibility to everybody. You know, you, you feel a responsibility to your staff and to your customers and to your suppliers. And, and you know, it, you're shouldering that for 12 years and then suddenly you feel, you know, maybe it's it's time to take a wee break from yes. that. And you're on social media. You know, every, every business has to be on social media and have to be doing blogs and you're online and your newsletters. And, and I suppose all of that, as I said, was beginning to take its toll. And we, we came to the point where where we decided that, uh, basically, we needed the rest. Mm. And look, at, I we hear what you're saying as well. Twelve years, giving it a a hundred percent attention, as you say, it, it's hard to get away from it as well. When it is a small family business, and with the way you operated, not alone the retail, but as you said, after hours as, as well with people. What about you know? You mentioned, I think you just maybe mentioned it briefly there. What about cost? You know, I've talked to many businesses about the cost at the moment. You see the cost of electricity, yeah. gas getting insurance, you know, you have to pay staff, all that type of thing. Are those things factors too? Well, they absolutely are. Um, So I know insurance is meant to be getting cheaper, but from our personal experience, I I don't find it so. Um, And obviously, yes, the uh, utilities are getting more expensive for sure. Um, But the other thing too is the cost of everything you're buying as a result is also more expensive um, because of the difficulties of transport and so on. So every month, you know, our suppliers are sending us like a new like price increase list, you know, particularly for haberdashery and things like that. And and it becomes, you're trying to keep your price point right for the products that you have. So obviously we have, you know, some very high-end designer products here as well as um, middle-range products. But, you know, as the prices are going up, on a monthly basis, you, you know there's a price point where you don't want to go beyond, even for your customer, you know. And um, so that is that is definitely um, a factor as well, those additional costs. And I suppose, you know, every every additional cost for a small business is big, uh, even if it's not, it doesn't seem big, but it actually is. And I suppose those um, those factors, we did take those into account. Um, 
and every year new regulations are coming in and you have to keep on top of so much stuff all the time that it does um, it does have a bearing on your decision making. So the 29th of April is it is the, the 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 day the doors will close for the first for the last time. What about you know I often when when I heard the news I thought God is is there nobody else that might you know take this on or, or was that something you ever considered? Oh, we did. No, we did. And um, we did speak to a couple of people about it. And I suppose it's one of the reasons why we couldn't say when we actually won that lovely award, which is fantastic, and we were so Mm. proud to win it. But at that particular point in time, we were in discussions and, um, you know, and there was a couple of people we approached that we felt it would be a good fit for them. Um, And, but but unfortunately... um, you know, it just it just wasn't right at that time, and and it didn't really pan out. So unless there's anybody else out there listening to this who's interested, and um, then I I we're always open to we always have an open ear. So um yeah, by all means come, but nobody else no nobody has come since even we mentioned it was it was closing no. So is there anybody listening to us today that might have an interest at all? There's still time, you're saying. If somebody came to you, there's still time to talk to you, is there? Yeah. There is indeed. There's always time, Jerry. Yes, indeed. Okay, so the Crafty Fox on Lawrence Street in Drogheda. Lovely, lovely place. I always hand it to you. Your window displays, and of course you're a big winner this year in the St. Patrick's Festival again. Your window displays, the love, that the outpouring of... Uh, kindness and uh, appreciation for you. You've seen it yourself since the announcement happened and people do love what you do. Anyway, you're in the midst of uh, re- vouchers being redeemed and people calling in yes. to you to buy up as well. Will you yes. clear all your stock, do you think, by the date? Uh, I don't know whether we will or not, but I, I have to say what you just said there is so true about um, the people have been we've been just overwhelmed by and not only that, just the lovely things that people are saying, people are dropping in to talk to us and people are emailing in to talk to us and, and they've been so kind about our, you know, our window displays and how they'll miss that and um, just how they'll miss the shop and how they learned to sew here maybe 12 years ago. And it's it's just been overwhelming, the, the outpouring of kindness and lovely remarks that we're, we're having. And um, and we're so grateful for that. You know, it's it, it makes it, it's kind of bittersweet and it makes us sad and we'll have fantastic memories but at the same time it, it's also great to know that people did really love the Crafty Fox you know and that um, you know that it was our baby and that, 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 that it actually worked so mm. we're, we're really really delighted and really um, overwhelmed by their people's kindness and, and their lovely words and their lovely um, things they're saying to us so, Oh you know, yes it's understandable uh, the the esteem that uh, both Peter and yourself are, are held in you survived you know a, a big crash an economic crash you survived Covid they were challenging times weren't they? They were really challenging times and having said that I suppose compared to other businesses we were closed at every lockdown because we weren't an essential business but actually um, our online really took off during COVID because um, obviously there were so many people making masks so we had the, the quilt weight cotton fabric that people were looking for and we had the elastic so our online it, it was actually great for online and getting our name out in even further afield you know and, and we do have customers from Europe as well as all over Ireland but but. COVID actually was probably, and I hate to say this, but it was probably quite good for us. <laughs> there you go. But, 
yeah, it just happened to be good. For, so even though our, our doors were closed, our, our business, um, we were very busy getting out online orders at the time. And people have come into us actually since then and said to us, you know, even recently, that we kept them sane during COVID because oh. we were getting their crafting products to them. <laughs> oh, isn't that just really heartening to hear? So there you are, every cloud, uh, or some clouds have silver linings, I should say. The the, the crafters and, and the crafting world, you know, in a world that's dominated by, you know, online, the bloody phones, you know what I'm talking about, and all this stuff, yes. and people, yes. our heads are turned and distracted, you know, by uh, many things online. Th- there is a fantastic community out there, isn't there, still of crafting people? Oh, it's it's amazing. It's like a little underworld in its mm. own right. <laughs> but last <laughs> night even, we were here until 10, 10 o'clock last night and all the lovely ladies from the um, Johada Quilters came up and had a little retail session out here. <laughs> and then we also had the Butterfly Quilting Club here um, last night as well. So there was a real buzz around the place and um, I said we were here till 10 o'clock with them. But um, yeah, and, and there, was, there are a lot of crafters out there and... Um, all around the country so there, you know it's it's really good for mindfulness and everything so people really enjoy it, it it's you know people t- tell me it's when I go home from work it's what I love to do is go in and sew or I love to go in and crochet because it you know it relaxes me mm. uh, and it, so it, it really is a great thing to be into if you enjoy it Do you feel that you know there um is enough of the younger generation, you know, taking up crafts. You know, the way it was handed on from mother to daughter, generally in, in your type of business, I'm, I'm not excluding the boys specifically. Oh, by the way, are there many men, you know, would be into the crafts and the knitting or is it dominated by the female side? Okay, so it, it is dominated by the female side, but we do have um, lots of lovely men customers and we've had quite a few doing sewing classes and um, also we've had them doing crochet classes mm. so it's not exclusively by any means women but it, it would be yeah. yes, mainly um, women and as far as um, younger people I think a lot of um, younger um, well when I say younger I'm talking maybe teenage girls yes. during COVID as well and I think there was a lot online. So, you know, people are watching Instagram reels or they're following certain people who, who are crafters. And then there's Pinterest and things like that. But they were, and they were teaching themselves on YouTube and there weren't classes available and things like that. So there are some very trendy craft um, companies out there like Wool and the Gang and that, that really appeal to the teenage market. So, so I think there was a, a bit of a renaissance, if you like, of crafting with that younger age group. During, during COVID particularly. And I do see then, sometimes it seems to skip a generation where we have a mum coming in with her daughter and the mum mightn't even know what, you know, the difference between a needle and a pin, but the daughter might be particularly crafty. So it seems to sometimes maybe skip a generation and then some of the younger um, mm. girls coming in are, are crafting. Yeah, is it difficult to teach a left-hander? Um well, we have had a left-handers at crochet and things like that. And I think it can be successful based on the teacher. And we've had fantastic tutors here, so they've, they've managed to do it. And then there are things like left-hand scissors and things like that, specifically for left-handers, so to make life easier for them. 
So there are, um, the tools are out there as well for people who are left-handed. Yeah, it's just something came to mind because I was laughing in my own house with the left-hand, right-hand conundrum as well uh, and it just crossed my mind there while I had you with me to ask. But there you are, it can be done regardless of what hand, ambidextrous. So uh, you're going to travel, you're going to be in France a lot. Uh, Are you going to do, obviously crafting in your background too, are you going to go back and do a bit yourself? Oh, absolutely. I'm looking forward to it because I have done bits and pieces. I don't know, at the Halloween window now I made the witches. So I do I, I do bits and pieces, but I never really get a good run at it. So I'm looking forward to having time off and doing much more crafting than I've done over the last 12 years. So I, I like it so I can miss. Um, I can't really crochet. I can only do singles and doubles. I'm not great at the crochet. But, but sewing and knitting, I thoroughly enjoy and I'm hoping to get time to do a lot more of that. And just, as you said, travelling and um, walking and just relaxing a little bit, I think. And then and then maybe I'll get bored, Jerry. You know, <laughs> I'll look for something else. <laughs> well, you know, one chapter closes, another opens. Look, you deserve... Uh, your 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 sus, as they would say, after twelve years in business. I want to wish Peter and yourself, Jackie, all the very best for the future. And thank you on behalf of all the thousands of people who've come into contact with you over the years for the fantastic service you've provided them as well. It's been twelve great years and you can be proud of what you brought to the people of Drogheda and the greater Drogheda area well beyond as well. Good luck to both of you, Jackie. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much, Jerry. Appreciate that. Thanks a lot. Not at all. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. The Crafty Fox is closing on the 29th of April, so if you have any vouchers or to be redeemed or whatever, please do, Jackie says, get in touch with them. Is there anybody out there would take on the mantle and take on the business? There's still time, as you heard there. Well, there's an offer for you today on Late Lunch. Might ring a bell with somebody. Thank you so much for everyone who's been in touch with us on the show uh, for the tickets. Yes, the question today was Broadway, in which US city it is, because I'm asking that question because you see the Inspire Choral Group present their new live show from Broadway to Hollywood, songs from movies and musical, sung by a 40-piece choir at the Headford Arms Hotel, Kells, this Saturday the 15th of April. Tickets are 20 you can uh, book them on eventbrite.ie or from the hotel reception the uh, Headford Arms there you can get tickets there so Hollywood is in Los Angeles I asked you in which US city is Broadway of course it is New York I have a pair of tickets each for Adele McMahon, Jackie Bambridge and Kathleen Smith. You win the tickets today on Late Lunch. We'll be in touch to make the arrangements and enjoy that wonderful show. Still to come on Late Lunch this afternoon. Yes, I have my top five countdown from this week in 1989. And uh, we'll be heading to Carlingford. I'm hoping to head to Carlingford again after three as the arrival of President Biden uh, from Dublin edges ever ever closer reminding you that he's in Carlingford first uh, this afternoon mid afternoon and then late afternoon in Dundalk and going walk about there as well it's going to be thousands of people out, out on the streets there uh, this afternoon hope the old rain stays away although looking at the forecast you wouldn't put your money on it staying dry this afternoon so my advice to you is Grab a brolly, bring a brolly along with you if you're going out to have a look at Joe, just in case that you don't get soaked. But look, wouldn't a soak be worth it if you got 
close to Joe and even got to shake his hand and say that you did. Oh, it would. It certainly would indeed. Five, four, three, two, one. Counting down the top five songs from this week of yesteryear. And today it's the number three from 1989 this very week. And when I tell you that it was her seventh number one in the United States where it stayed for three weeks, a huge number one in the UK, which is the charts we focus on. Yes, I'm talking about Madonna and the song Like a Prayer. It's about a passionate young girl in love with God who becomes the only male figure in her life. It was uh, a feature of this song as well that Madonna was part of the writing team the team that wrote the song along with Patrick Leonard and really it was her decision to get involved in songwriting because she wanted to turn the wheel a little and cater for a more mature audience at this stage so here it is the number three from this week in 1989 on the UK charts it's Madonna and Like a Prayer That is a tune, no doubt about it. Our number three from this week in 1989, Madonna and Like a Prayer. What a song that is. It's just timeless, a classic. And I don't use that word lightly. I sure use it all the time, don't I? I probably do. And you say to me, sure, I'll be saying that about songs. But I really mean it in that instant. It's absolutely brilliant, Like a Prayer by Madonna. Number three, this week, 89. Two tomorrow and the number one on Friday. Air Force One has just touched down in Dublin Airport, I can tell you. In it comes from the clouds, the very misty, murky afternoon in Dublin. You want to see the rain on the one runway as she came in there. Anyway, he's down safe on the ground in Dublin from Belfast. And I'd say it'll just be a quick transfer now from here and up the road to ourselves in County Louth very shortly. The anticipation is building. The President is on the way. Your late lunch on LMFM Radio. Our final break of the afternoon is on the way too. Breaking news, Rylan is leaving Strictly 2. You know Strictly Come Dancing, the definitive show on the BBC. They have a show every evening then during the week. It's called Strictly It Takes Two. And Rylan was one of the presenters with Jeanette Man- Manrara, Ranrara, whatever they, way they pronounce her name. Anyway, Rylan's leaving for fans of the show, just to let you know. Bring back Zoe Ball, that's my call. She was brilliant on it. Anyway, that's just out a few moments ago there on the wires. Anyway, on the wires uh, the uh, big bluebird has landed in Dublin with the President of America on board. Next stop Carlingford. Let's go back to where we were at the start of the show yesterday afternoon and join Donna McKevitt in Ruby Ellen's Tea Rooms. Hello again Donna. Hi, how are you? I'd say you have a pain in your new know-what trying to keep that breakfast hot between the two plates on the, bottom, on the pot of boiling water. Oh my God, but we fresh bacon every, every 10 minutes, fresh bacon on the pan. That's how close we're getting here. 
Well, he's in Dublin, unless there's some other arrangements and he's coming down by road. But the plane has landed in Dublin. Next stop with yourselves. Next stop, Carlingford. So you're, Yo. you're staying open to be there when he's in We situ. are here. We are buzzing. The whole town is full. We are ready. We're waiting on him. <laughs> uh, what about a bacon butty if he had to eat on the hoof, Donna? Whatever, whatever Joe wants, Joe's getting. Ah, you see that. Does You'll no. do whatever the man himself wants. Anyway, what's the weather like just at the moment, Carlingford Way? Uh, too bad, warm earlier on, a little bit of sweet drizzle of rain. We were working a bit outside of the tea rooms, but we've just have to move our, our show in next uh, inside for a bit. Right. But uh, we're ready, we've our umbrellas ready. Joe's hair is not gonna get wet. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do it. Oh good Anya and the, the uh, stars and stripes all over the, the place. Cake's made, the fine cake sitting here and all, oh, yeah. All the photographs will be on Facebook. Really and all. So yeah. you've made a special cake for the president? We did, yes. Special cakes, cupcakes, homemade wheat and bread, anything of his dietary requirements, we have it covered. Good on you. Now what's the uh, situation with uh, media, cameras, the world crew? Oh, Is there many people there? Big news. Like, it was big for me yesterday to be talking to LMFM, but we've risen, we've had TV3 this morning. Yeah. We have RTE. Yeah. We were live to CNN <gasps> in America. Oh, well done to you. Yeah. What a... Father, no- Peter McGuigan, he was talking direct with... I can't think... I, have, I, I can't think of the reporter's names. Right. Not the Irish lad, No. Yes, Donny Donny O'Sullivan. Donny O'Sullivan. Donny O'Sullivan. Yes, Donny O'Sullivan. There you go. So you've made it big. You're known all over the stage. Now, when do you see the influx of US visitors trying to find you in the future now? We've been out in the thing. We've been people from all over Ireland. But it's just some of them have just popped in and had a wee chance of a glimpse of them. It's fantastic. Mm, it's just great now. And yeah. it's nearly time. It is nearly time. It's, because We're getting close. Yeah, getting close. they're going to whiz him away and he'll be up there in Carlingford with you before you yeah. know it. I we know it. I do hope he gets a chance to taste that lovely bacon of yours and a cupcake. I know, I know, I know. Come on, Joe. Come on, Come Joe. Joe. We need you, Joe. We need you in Ruby Ellen's tea rooms, Joe, in Carlingford. And come on, let's, let's make it happen. I'd have a quick word if you can grab Donny O'Sullivan again. He seems to have the in with the White House. I don't know what yeah, it is. Exactly, exactly. But maybe Donny would give him a nod and a wink and says, come on, in here for the bacon butty on the hoof if you have to, Joe, because I know he's going to Dundalk later in the day to have his uh, his meal this evening. But anyway, Donna, I can feel the excitement. I can oh, the excitement, the excitement. It's great. It's oh, great. Good on you. Well, listen, you're so good to take our call because I know you're busy there today. But anyway, no fingers good crossed. To good to talk to you. Take care of yourself. Right, take care. All Bye. Right, thank you. Bye. 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 That's Donna McKevitt there. What excitement in Carlingford uh, this afternoon. And well done to everybody concerned. Well, Louise, we can only watch from a distance here. We can't hop in the cars or go up there because there are, remember, there are road restrictions round Carlingford and round the dock. Just keep that in mind as well this evening so when exciting, you're going though, about your it? business. It is. Like I come in kind of... Yeah, like no, no, it's... Oh, the buzz. Oh, yeah. Oh, the 
buzz is phenomenal. Yeah. Very animated. You know, the US president coming to your village, to mm. your town, to your county, isn't it just fantastic? It really, really is. And uh, we nice see nice that he, you know he made the promise before he became president, yes. and he's kept it, and he has delivered on it now. Oh no, the, there's, we, we we were speculating that the plane fly down, weren't we? And mm, then he come by road. No such thing. Maybe they can't do it because the border. No, mm. the the car is there waiting at the foot of the steps. The car is right out on uh, the uh, the tarmac on uh, Dublin Airport there, right at the steps, waiting for him to come down the steps. And I'm sure he'll be greeted there. The dignitaries will be out with our brollies and everything now to say hello to him in Dublin. It'll be great. faster to come down from Belfast, though. I'd be, I'd road. listen, it'd be very quick to come from Belfast to Dundalk. Mm. No doubt about that. It, re- it really, Carlingford. really would. But uh, yeah, even closer. But look, this is the, the plan anyway. And I'm saying he's going to be whizzed off now and up the, the road from here. He'll be coming up the road. Yep. Uh, well, unless they fly on by chopper, is it chopper? No, I think they marks about three chopper. o'clock that they weren't doing. Okay, helicopter with the weather. the weather. The weather, yeah. yeah. So it'll be he'll be passing up the road. Jeez, we might go down to the bridge here beside this. I wonder will <laughs> they charge him? Will they charge him a toll? Will they charge him a toll going through the toll bridge? I dare you. I bet you he'll get a free pass. Imagine me the person saying two euro, please, Joe. <laughs> the driver. I only have dollars. We'll take the dollars. Good man yourself. <laughs> anyway, that's the story. Uh, we've gone out on an, an old song today. We are indeed. Eddie Caffrey's coming next to the drive on LMFM radio. We'll be back tomorrow, one thirty in the aftermath of Joe's visits allowed. I'll be waiting. Joe's waiting. They're all waiting for you, Joe, in uh, Carlingford. We'll dedicate this one to you. See you tomorrow. Leave your keys if you're not coming home. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Manny's and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies.